Welcome to Cancre, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Well, let's start off with a bit of a gossipy story. You saw this and you were like, I want nothing to do with this topic. <laughs> to which I replied, I'm still going to talk about it. Oh, my God. This is the TikTok one, isn't it? No, no, it's not a TikTok one. So in Greece, there is a student uh, film mm-hmm. that has been causing no ends of uh, of concern and uh, outrage, should mm-hmm. I say. So Greece's most popular um, tourist destination is the Acropolis, it, uh-huh. You know, it, you know, you think of like the Gladiator movie, and and just it is truly uh-huh. iconic. Um, well, a student uh, group. I, I'm assuming students. They all looked from the the. You don't see any faces in the video. I found the video. Oh, um, I oh did. Yes. Um, and in this video, this group of maybe I think there was eight, very, quite young people. I'd say mm. probably under twenty. Okay. Um, they are they've described themselves as activists okay now it is a 30 minute sort of movie it reminds me of like bruce le bruce or um who's that gay john waters Waters. it's very sort of avant-garde very much a student movie vibe is what i got from it like it was almost a shaky cam like it was I it's mean, not great. <laughs> saturated is not the right because uh, uh, John Waters filmed an eight millimeter for the longest time. So I mean, it was pretty grainy and desaturated. But but yeah, I watched it and I was like, my god, this is just like some avant garde student group. Okay, has got together trying to be extra risky. But okay. what they did, which has really struck a chord with Greek authorities and Greek people. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I do not uh, condone this. Mm-hmm. Um, they were protesting uh, the Greek uh, culture and legislation around LGBT rights. Okay. There's a good solid five minutes of them jumping up and down saying, don't let them tell you what to do. You know, being gay is good or whatever the other catchphrase was. Mm-hmm. Like there's a steady amount of the the film is just them jumping up and down trying to make a point. Literally, they were jumping up and down trying to make a point. Well, I mean, in that case, if you're shouting catchphrases, that's not really producing a convincing argument. You know, it's not the no, same. No, this film is not convincing of anything. <laughs> I have not been swayed by this by this short movie. So if um, anything, but... it, it's propagandistic. Almost, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, th- I think it was designed to um raise eyebrows trigger conversation which is what okay. we're doing now right. but at one point two of the men uh engage in uh intercourse of the derriere okay. but they are they are at the acropolis in the middle of the day right okay like there's tourists milling around and you know what? I'm going to read this. I'm going to let your imagination be in a scenario here. You're in a a concert or a an outdoor event, and you're at the edge of the park. You're miles away from the the portaloos or what have you. Or maybe you're you're a woman who's breastfeeding or I'm sure whatever I'm it sure, is. I'm so, sure they have better facilities than porta potties at I the am, Acropolis. I'm, I'm no, sure no, no, they've hear installed. Me out, hear me out. Hear me out. So the group. <laughs> 
all stood in a row, like okay. in, a, in a huddle in front of these two men, um, essentially like barricading the view of what was happening behind them. Okay. Like how you might offer decency to a, a woman adjusting their niqab or decency to somebody breastfeeding or what have you. Or it was three very people much... standing around a small child holding up towels. Exactly. It was so they very can change much their that clothes vibe. on the beach. But yeah. their, their actions were not not uh worthy of discreet towel baffling in okay my, in my opinion i think their actions it seemed like the idea of a 17 year old you know what i mean it's mm. like someone who's got an art project and they're like oh my god i know what will be edgy and and they did it yeah, well, filmed it. like that's that's the gist I got. From I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of activism that I see, uh, I it kind of feels like that to me, where they're they're really just reinforcing the beliefs of people who already agree with them. They're not really engaging with the topic in a way that says, "If you disagree with me, here are reasons why I believe you should change your mind." Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, shouting, catchphrases, repeating yourself, doing flashy stuff. Um, this is just that times. A hundred, from the sounds of it. Woo. So the Was Greek it? authorities have essentially said, look, you're allowed to protest. You're oh, not yeah. allowed to have sex in public, so don't do that. Right. But you're allowed to protest, but let's all get agreed on one thing. The Acropolis, which is, you know, symbolic to all of Western culture, you know, it, mm. it is really, um, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Yeah. It is not the venue or the space mm-hmm. for activism or a bit of uh, jolly good fun, as uh, some may say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the space for that. You know, if you want to protest in front of the Greek park, they didn't say this, obviously, but they did really stress that the apocalypse is not the place for that to happen. <laughs> right. For that, it would be the library in Athens. <laughs> Uh, which it's actually gymnasiums, isn't it? Is not the appropriate and bathhouses <laughs> uh, place? Well, uh, the the library in Athens uh, burning down is part of why the sort of seat of Western culture was moved to Byzantium. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I actually, I I, I agree and I disagree. Um, protests happen where they happen. Uh, you can't say. I don't think you should protest at that location because that kind of goes against the very notion of a protest for them to say, if you want your protest to be effective, maybe do it on the steps of parliament and not at a tourist destination. Uh, Because really what that's doing is that's grabbing attention from uh, people who have no particular influence, like tourists, like you're just embarrassing Greece in front of tourists. What you should be doing is embarrassing Greece in front of Greeks, uh, which the doorstep to the government uh, would be a, a much better location for that. I mean, protests, one of the most effective protests for LGBT rights in Canadian history happened here at Parliament Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ones that happened, you know, on the streets of Montreal, the streets of Toronto, they had more effect on the local culture and getting support from the community of people who didn't realize that it was as bad as it was for, I'm going to say gays and lesbians because it was the, the 70s and 80s. Um, although, you know, in the modern context, we, we add more onto it than that, but that was the discussion at the time. Just want to be historically accurate, but yeah, the, the, so I, I, for them to say, 
do the protest where it makes sense. I think that's just good advice for them to say, don't do it there because we don't want you to do it there. I'm kind of against that because it's like a I, protest I happens firmly, where it happens. I firmly disagree with you here, Sebastian, because for me, if they did a protest on the National War Memorial, for right. example, or, you know, at the, you know, at any memorial, really, essentially at this point, or in okay. a cemetery, there are certain spaces that I think we can reasonably say off limits. Okay. You know, National War Memorial, if you want to protest, the Department of Defense building is literally within eyesight oh, yeah. of, of that. And my point is, there are lots of Greek cultural institutions, including mm-hmm. the Department of Greek Culture, where mm-hmm. you could go and make the same point without okay. degrading a space that that is, you know, really stands to represent... The, well, the peoples and the state of, of Greece. If you know, know anything about Greek history, you know that at the height of the Acropolis, actually, the Acropolis, it was never really finished, was it? It was a that's the stadium that was only partially finished, isn't it? Because there's two major stadia in Greece, and one was finished. Anyway, point being, at the, the height of Greek culture, there was plenty of gay sex happening there already. Uh, the, the real issue isn't that they're, they're, they're doing a sacrilegious act in a holy space, because that place was a stadium. Um, it's that they were doing it in public with like, you know, families nearby and people who don't want to see that. And, and technically it's a form of sexual assault. Like you're showing people your sexuality without their consent first. That is uh, like, that's flashing, you know, your your protest is a form of, of self-exposure and yeah. So, I mean, from that perspective, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not appropriate. Well, I, um, I can't unsee the clips of that uh, short video that I uh, went through, um, the things we do for radio, I, I tell you, it's a, it's a sacrifice sometimes to, to, to do this work. Um, I mean, but... the, the fact that I'm on here at all, uh, as I mentioned before we started recording, the, the people upstairs decided to start a house party at 1.30 in the morning. And then there comes that point. Here's the thing. Actually, at around 2.45, I know because I was staring at the clock for hours. Um, around 2.45, somebody turned on music. And then I could hear somebody else crossing the room and then turning the music down. So somebody up there was considerate. To say they were inconsiderate is not completely accurate. But it was one of those situations where you're, like, so tired. You want to get up and just, like, knock on the door and be like, excuse me, sir, could you not? But you also just want to get back to sleep and you're just sitting there staring at the clock like, oh, my God, what do I do? Uh, and in the end, I ended up just watching videos of a lady shaving a dog. I'm sorry, doing what to a dog? <laughs> <laughs> when I can't sleep, I watch weird videos. You know that. Like I watch lock picking and I found recently a trend. By the way, there is a trend of Germans with home built toy train sets in their backyard filming the train sets. Uh, interacting with their cats where like cats are sleeping on the tracks or the, 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 the trains have little snow clouds. They're always German. And I found like a dozen. So I guess that counts as a subgenre now. And I kept finding more and more of these channels. And I was like, what is going on? This is what I'm, I was doing. When I'm going to, I'm going to take your sleep deprived <laughs> rant at this point, back into the, the, the topic at hand. Now there is a Canadian story on the table around um, trains free speech oh, <laughs> you know okay. is 
you know, Sex <laughs> in the Apocalypse is certainly quite an extreme version of that. And I think yes. that's, uh, you know, partly the case they're making. But there is a case that has been taken up by the Supreme Court of Canada. Okay. Uh, there was a uh, an individual and I, mm-hmm. he was... So there was a school trustee, Barry Newfeld, in BC, okay. um, quite outspoken. I think even the C- even the CBC has called this man outspoken. Okay. So uh, I am, I am, I, I believe that uh, I will, I will call him that. But he has sued okay. the former head of the BC Teachers Federation. Mm-hmm. So the BC Teachers Federation essentially called him a bigot. Okay. Uh, because of the things that he had said. Okay. And he said that uh, he had tiptoed quite far into hate speech and was creating an, an environment that was discriminatory and hateful. Okay. So essentially, this school board trustee was making incredibly anti LGBT comments, okay. um, including saying that um, gender affirming parental care was the equivalent of child abuse. Okay. So if your child comes out as the opposite gender from the sign of birth, mm. by allowing them to self-express, you were abusing your child. Okay. That's just an example of some of the rhetoric that this man said. So the former head of the BC Teachers Union, um, Glenn Hansman, essentially said he's, he's tiptoed quite far into the hate speech and uh, also is creating a, an unwelcome space. Now, the uh, the school board trustee has sued him for defamation and is arguing that the anti-slap legislation, which is supposed to stop frivolous lawsuits, protects him in doing so. Okay. Uh, which is really quite bizarre. This is oh, it, the BC legislation against... Um, so anti-slap, just for those who aren't familiar, is, uh, let's say, there's a small factory in a small town... And they sue the factory for contamination. I'm just making an example here. Mm. And then that factory countersued them for everything they could think of under the sun to, you know, lawsuit them into oblivion. That would be um, a uh, uh, a slap. Um, yeah, I, 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 I seem to recall this had to do with a series of uh, court cases out of the States. And we were reacting to this where there was somebody who was trying to silence somebody else by just continuously suing them and resuing them. And just making them go bankrupt until they they went away. Um, I can't remember what company it was. It's probably like Dow. Yeah. So there's that strategic lawsuits against public participation. Slap. Okay. Slap. So okay. anyway, the the it's really quite a convoluted case because the the legislation that's designed to stop these sort of frivolous suits to silence people is mm. being used to silence someone, which is quite bizarre. Okay. And he's being trying to silence him for criticizing the man for making, I'm going to say problematic comments. I think, okay. I think we'll avoid a lawsuit by referring to it as problematic. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. We don't know which way this is going to shake out. It has been a, a medley of decisions at the courts, you know, some have agreed, some have disagreed. Um, mm. And it's, you know, toed and froed all the way up to the Supreme Court now. So we'll see what they say. Right now, the discussion is whether or not the defamation, defamation suit can move forward. Essentially, can he be sued 
for saying that he walked that far into uh, hate speech, mm. or is it uh, or is it going to be protected? We shall keep an eye on the case. Uh, it is just got into this, the Canadian Supreme Court, so still um, a lots of time needed for them to review it. Until then, we are going to jump to our first song. This is Infinite by Shades Lawrence, and we will follow that by Mad Honey by Tisa Rahim, and we will be back just after this. Basketball, 50 points on Saturday, you found your way to the game. I never stay if I get 52. You better wave, you my mainstay. You know my fade like I'm the ringer. 6-1, I post enough, you better bring it. I got you as the one, I love you all season No one and done, I love you no reason Rep where you're from, I love you, sleep on me I never run except with basketball Before the sun rises, I'm striving, trying Real quiet, missed at the track there From about five and you're sighing at your place The game's finished, heart never hiding Both times I came with it, I just dropped points But never winning, I love you more than pep talks I'm hitting when the game's finished, when the clock runs out, when the crowd exits, I have no doubts. My love's limit infinite all year through the winter. When the game's finished, when the clock runs out, when the crowd exits, I have no doubts. My love's limit infinite all year through the winter. I met you like this. Rep your set, wanted to play ball, walked in the gym, saw the nets, ended up pickup. Were you running it? Guess without choosing the teams or stalling no less than a queen C. All about the team, I know I seem free On the scene at least, balling in queer leagues That's what I mean, calling in my dreams for weeks To be with you, it's true I was dodging the boost, shades at your event You were running it news, not why I love you You 100, I'm blue to be lamping with you By a pool somewhere joking But really no kind of sort of every song about you Broken record, call me boring, all doled up Sporty, lipstick, nah, if I call it used to model That's it, that's all when the game's finished, when the clock runs out, when the crowd exits, I have no doubts. My love's limit infinite all year through the winter. When the game's finished, when the clock runs out, when the crowd exits, I have no doubts. My love's limit infinite all year through the winter.
all the fights that you made But I'm hesitant, I know it's crazy Response may be late There's more to you than meets the eye Our universe will soon collide You're fine, you're right to pleasure The night is ours to measure I know you think I hate it A couple dozen calls and you've been first picked With you I never swing and miss It's like the first time every time we kiss Welcome back to Kankwe, home of Canada's Korean media. My name is Stelux Smith. And I'm Sebastian. You are like massaging your head there, Sebastian. Are you having a rough day? Or... Oh, I am super, super exhausted. Do you know what cheers me up, though, at three in the morning when I can't sleep? Dog Video. grooming videos. Oh, my days. <laughs> I, I cannot even. Or, or when, when a, a farrier cleans out the hooves of a horse. There's something very satisfying about watching them take like a giant machete and just gently shave off layers of a hoof. It's weirdly pleasant. I don't know why. I don't know. Nails, human nails are disgusting. But like a horse's hoof. I think you need human companionship. I'm just going to put it (laughs) out there. Um, I think you need need humans. Like you need somebody to distract you from horse hooves being shaved because uh, what it's it's very sad Sebastian. <laughs> well when you can't sleep you, you you keep yourself i mean i also watch videos of a guy who uh picks locks the lock picking wire it's great he just picks locks my favorite are the ones where he's like i'm gonna pick this lock with a banana because it is that poorly designed those are the good ones or where there's like a, a five thousand dollar safe and he just opens it by tapping it in the right spot with the mallet those are great yeah yeah so it is uh, January the 16th, the day we are recording this uh, show. You're is likely it? hearing it in the week of the 17th, 18th, 19th, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember 16 days ago, me and you recorded our first episode in the 2022 calendar year. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, we made several predictions. And I made one prediction. Okay that there are going to be defaced pride sidewalks and torn down LGBTQ pride flags. And uh, 16 days later, so not even 
actually, you know, barely half a month, two, three weeks later, we have a reported case of a flag being torn down and destroyed in London, Ontario. You should have put a period on that, because if this if we were to put bets on it, I would give you like a probability of one. Like I, I would not like if you said, you know, within a certain period of time, yeah, I'd be like, okay, odds are four to one or something like that. But like mm-hmm. unfortunately it's it's gonna happen. I was yeah. not expecting it in the middle of winter though. You know, for me I was thinking, oh, come June, July. Yeah. You know, some, you know, someone with a go get em attitude is going to try and steal some flags. And Ontario is re- uh, currently being pounded by a blizzard as well. We're expecting 40 centimeters of snow tomorrow. Pounded by snow, Luke. Get that look off your face. I don't know. Is, <laughs> so is that the Twitter handle? or? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pounded by snow now on uh, just for fans okay let's back to the story what's actually really... that make a really good uh, Chuck Tingle book <laughs> that would be <laughs> Rise of the Snowman or oh, the Snowman has risen um, I'm going to stop now I have to stop all right um Yes, so the flags in London, Ontario were stolen and defaced. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to support their 16-year-old son who has come out as trans um, and just sort of demonstrating to their son that, you know, that they are proud of, um, you know, their, their son's identity and the journey that their son is now on. Mm-hmm. Um and just taking a moment, you know, and and putting it on their front porch. So for someone to be cruel and, and to face it is is really quite disheartening. But but the people of London, they are not having it. They were like, it's 2020 something or other, because, mm. you know, no one can keep track of time now. But it's 2020 something. So this is not acceptable. And they have been inundated with letters, with cards, with care packages. The community on their street has very much come together and say, look, this is not acceptable in our neighborhood. Mm. You are supported in our neighborhood. Here is some, you know, fruit baskets or whatever. It, it didn't detail the contents of the care packages. I assume there's at least one potato salad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not 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 fruit bouquets. No, I think these these are white people. There's going to be a potato salad. Okay, well, I'm I mean, firm on that. Fruit bouquets are are pretty waspy. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's and they go bad bouquet. so quickly. I don't get them. I don't get I know, them. And they dry, and it's just it makes no sense. <sighs> yeah. Oh well, don't send me a fruit basket. Okay. A fruit basket is fine. Fruit bouquet, no. No, it is fruit... very encouraging. Yes, yeah. the deputy mayor has also spoken on it. And uh, they are very proud of the support that they have received from the community. Lots of people mm-hmm. have sent little flags. And I believe others in their communities have also started to put flags up themselves. Have you ever been to London? Have I been to London? I think I've been near London. <laughs> I've been in... I've been to the real London on multiple occasions. Yeah, like the well, the actual the OG the 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 big London, London Ontario, yeah. uh, London England. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you say London, the one people think of that's the one I've been to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I know that there are people who are starting to refer to London Ontario as fake London. <laughs> um, 
It uh, parts of it are really nice. Uh, it was clearly built during the Victorian era. A lot of really nice big old mansions that have been split up into little condos. So you can you can live in like a Victorian mansion in London for like I don't uh, with with housing prices. I have no idea what the apartment would cost now, but it used to be like three hundred bucks a month to live in a little apartment in what used to be a mansion. It's a nice town. Well, parts of it are nice. Parts of it are an urban nightmare. That's just Ontario. I mean, that's in that the truth. Um, I did want to say that we are keeping an eye on the Winter Olympics. In particular, we are keeping an eye on Paul Poirier. Well, I'm I'm keeping an eye on Paul Poirier. He's a very okay. handsome man. Um, he is uh, he's in he just won the Canadian National Championship in ice dancing, and uh, he's now competing over in uh in china as uh with team canada along mm-hmm. with eric radford i think you're familiar with eric radford am i he made history as the first openly gay man to win a gold medal at the winter olympics in 2018 i'm pretty sure we discussed eric radford when uh when that happened okay i i have no memory about sports ball and he married uh, louis Fanero in 2019 um yeah, so he's a figure skater. I think those are the two that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure if anyone else out there is of the homosexual persuasion, but uh, there is a lot of great folks from Team Canada um, competing, so we'll keep an eye on it. At least at time of recording, there is competition happening. Um, I don't know if it'll be all wrapped up by the time people hear it, but we'll keep an eye and then report back on how these wonderful men did. Oh, so my God. Sort of where we are at. I'm asking um, right now online, are there any openly gay bobsledders? You want an openly gay bobsledder? Why not? Uh, oh, there's one from uh, Wollongong. So that would be, yeah, uh, Australia. There's, there's an Australian bobsledder who's openly gay. There you go. Okay. Simon Dunn. There you go. I just learned something. All right, and one of the last <laughs> news stories in this section is uh, we've been keeping an eye on this. So for those who aren't familiar, Viktor Orban in uh, Hungary, who is the prime minister, um, very contentious man. There was uh, accusations of a bit of a rigged election mm. and the last time he was elected. Very much a radical right-wing leader and has been leaning more towards Russia than towards Europe. Um, And uh, he also introduced a Hungarian version of the don't say gay law, Mm. which is um, what Russia is very good at. So um, that actually got challenged internationally, got challenged by the EU and he got rid of it. But one of his workarounds is to now make it a referendum question. This is in the same referendum where he is trying to hold on to a fourth term as the prime minister in Hungary. Right, so yeah. A part of me thinks that this, this referendum on whether or not they can uh, ban people from discussing LGBT anything yeah. at uh, places like schools and businesses and, and government offices and so on. Um, I do think that he's just trying to stir up the social conservatives in mm-hmm. Hungary and motivate them to go out and vote because then they're they're somewhat likely to also vote for him as the fourth prime minister. Well, um, plebiscites have a, a history of backfiring. 
where you know the, the the people in power don't always do a good job of representing the average person off the street. So I'm sure you have also met plenty of people from Tehran, and uh, everyone that I've ever met from Tehran is incredibly progressive. Uh, most people who live in Iran are actually a lot more progressive than their government would lead you to believe. Well, that's not, what... a, it's not a very high bar. No, no. Ayatollah <laughs> is, uh, yeah, no, they, yeah. Are, they are very religiously conservative. And in, one of the reasons why they don't do plebiscites in Iran is because they know they're not going to win. And uh, your partner has talked about the difference between the, the ruling class and the average person on the street in Vietnam and how their 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 attitudes differ dramatically. So... I, I I don't know if I would make a prediction about how it would turn out in Hungary because like data coming out of Russia shows that um, anti-LGBT sentiment there is pretty high, but about 40 to 50 percent are just completely indifferent, uh, which is a, not great, but it's step one to acceptance of, you know, not being hateful. So that, that's, that's fine. But I mean, I haven't seen any kind of data like that from Hungary. And if it turns out we've got more of an Iran kind of situation there where the majority of people are like, what? No, who cares? Leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Like that, that could be the outcome. So, but it could also go the other way. So I, I don't, I, don't I think, I think he's pulling a Jaden Essence Hall. Look over there. You know, I think that's, that's the move here. That is the move. Or he's, it could be like a Trudeau where he up. does a plebiscite about voting, for example, and doesn't like the response and goes like, well, you know, in the end, the government has responsibility to make the decisions anyway. So he um, apparently did not do so well on managing the COVID crisis. Mm. Um, this is among many issues. So I do think that he's in pretty hot water and he's essentially said, hey, look, nobody likes the gays. Let's make a rule and, and stop them from mentioning the gays to anybody. Yeah. Um, it's a bit grim, but that's sort of where we are at. I can only hold hope that yeah. Hungarians are able to see through this madness and see it for what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a dog whistle to, to kind of distract from, from his uh, behavior, his decision-making, yeah. and the impact of the cli- uh, COVID uh, pandemic on the country of Hungary. So, Or, best-case scenario, the only people who show up to vote are people who care. At which point you'll get a majority, like you'll get very little indifference and either people for or against. So it, it could turn out in favor because if you have. Well, to, I am I am hoping that he doesn't win. Yeah, no, no, no. That's like <laughs> isn't approved. I don't know what what you know. Are, are you are you a part time uh, you know campaigner for Orban here? Sir? No, no, no. I'm saying generally speaking, the only people who show up to vote are the people who care. So people who are indifferent are less likely to show up. So you're going to end up with more of a split probably. So it's, I'm just hoping that the people who are against it or indifferent just don't show up. And the only people who actually take the time out of their day to show up and participate in the plebiscite are people who are for human rights. All right, let's jump to another track. This is Wasted by Leah Alice Canali. We will be back just after this. Touch my lips. I feel you burn. but slow. Smooth. Where will I ever learn? 
Welcome back to Cancre, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. I'm Sebastian. And you were looking at police reports, I believe. That was one of the things that came up. Yeah, I didn't find the information I was looking for, which is kind of disappointing. But, you know, this is one of those situations where no answer is still an answer. So uh, earlier on this week, a friend of mine uh, was a victim of identity fraud 
and fell for a trap that many of us have either fallen for or almost fallen for, where somebody calls you up and says, hello, we are the bank. Uh, there's something wrong with your account. Please give us your information so that we can fix it. Um, I'm not going to lie. The, the, the one time where it almost worked on me, somebody said, if we don't, if we don't uh, get your information, we'll have to call the sheriff. And then my brain was like, do we have sheriffs in Canada? And I was like, wait, if they're the CRA, wouldn't they know that we don't have sheriffs in Canada? The, wait yeah. a minute. They're not Canadian. Wait a minute. It, it, it was, it was because they used that word that it threw me off and just like my brain clicked into place. It was like, Oh, this is fraud. But it's actually alarmingly common for people to fall victim to these phone scams because, you know, they, they, they come right out the gates trying to make you panic, try to make you afraid, try to make you anxious. And then they, they feed on that. And unfortunately, it worked on my friend. So I was kind of curious because I know a lot of the crime data out there about uh, victims of, of crime, well, LGBT, LGBTQ victims of crime. A lot of it focuses on violence, interpartner violence, domestic violence, and uh, abuse from strangers. And I was curious if there's anything on there about other kinds of crime. Like, you know, how often are LGBTQ Canadians victims of car theft, identity theft, fraud, uh, white collar crime, uh, misappropriation? Uh, if they own a small business, how often do they get embezzled? You know, uh, couldn't find anything. And granted, you know, the violence, intimate partner violence and um, discrimination, those are very big. And it's mm. good that we're tracking that. And we actually both found stuff from the past couple of years to actually look into this. The most recent data we could find was 2020 and some preliminary stuff on 2021. But it takes a couple of years to crunch the data anyway. So these things do tend to run one or two years behind. Uh, and yeah, nothing. And I don't know, I was very curious if anybody out there knows where you can even find information on this kind of thing. And, and it, it sounds weird, you know, to ask the question, how often are LGBTQ people victims of identity theft? But I think it could be very informative. And the example that I came up with is, you know, what if we discover that lesbian women over the age of 35 are the lowest rates of victimization and gay men the identified men aged 18 to 25 are the highest rates. That would mean that there's something among older lesbians that they, they have an immune system against this that the younger gay men don't have. And we could learn something about preventing crime. So for there, you can like operationalize it in that perspective. Well, the other in, thing, in my experience, you can always learn something from a no-nonsense lesbian. Uh, some of the best women I know are, are no nonsense lesbians. Yes. Um, you know, we have, we have worked together with many no nonsense lesbians. There's, you know, you know how you get like bears and twinks and so on and so oh, yeah. forth. Um, and no nonsense lesbian is definitely, I think it's own tribe. Yeah. Lesbians have their own equivalent to bears. They don't call them bears, but they, they do have their own equivalent. And, uh, uh, I've actually, I used to have a friend who lived in Toronto. She referred to them as beer and chicken wing lesbians. Mm -hmm. And uh, first of all, they're great at parties, but not big parties. They don't like big parties, but they love medium-sized parties. And they're yeah. a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I was just thinking, you know, on top of that, we could learn something about, you know, what kind of life choices do people make uh, sort of affiliated with their identity? Obviously, we're looking at large numbers. Gay men are not. A monolith lesbians are not a monolith trans people are not a monolith they are they're all different but you can still get trends uh and seeing if there's anything we can discover about that and yeah i i, I couldn't really find anything which i find disappointing 
uh, especially since like I have to text my friend twice a day now and remind him to eat. Like he is stressed about what could happen to his future now that his his uh, social information is out there in the, in the hands of you know fraudsters. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I was very curious about that. Couldn't really find anything, but we did look over the data. We found. Yeah, I think the reason why you haven't found something is because you're asking very specific questions. And yeah. although there are a million LGBT people uh, age 15 and older, um, only about 300, you know, 300,000 of them are under 25. Mm. So not a huge number there are going to be business owners, for example. <laughs> well, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, you know, we're talking 15 to 24 is, is 300,000. Mm-hmm. So that still leaves you with maybe the 700,000, but they're spread out all across the country mm. and, you know, somewhat reflective of the Canadian population. Um, I don't know. I just think that maybe there's just too few of us. It was encouraging to learn that there were 72,880 LGBT couples in in Canada. So that would be, I assume, like 140,000 queer folks are uh, legally coupled up, um, which is just over one in 10 Mm. gay people are in a relationship, which if you're single means Uh that, you know, one in eight and a half, I'm not currently common law <laughs> married. This is good news. This uh-huh. is good news. Uh, we also know that um, half of all same-sex couples live in just four cities, with 5% <laughs> of them being in Ottawa Gatineau. Mm. So, Sebastian, this means that 5% of, of the homosexuals are in Ottawa. And, you know, eight and a half <sighs> of them are, <laughs> are single. But they all like kayaking. They do. There is a disproportionate amount of gay people that like kayaking in Ottawa. Everyone here is so outdoorsy. I, I want to meet somebody who just wants to be like, okay, you you put your computer next to my computer, and we'll play Minecraft together. Like, See, that's... this is the challenge, and I, <laughs> I will tell you this: it is a miracle that me and my partner Jake ever met because mm. he is not outdoorsy. No, yeah. one time he went to a fur restaurant for some more authentic fur than what you get delivered in the area. Mm. And I happen to be nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why you only meet outdoorsy people, uh, Sebastian, is because all the indoorsy people are indoors. Yeah. <laughs> hunkered yeah. down. They're not, uh, they're not out there socializing. It's those kayak enthusiasts that are all out and about. That's and the problem, I think. The internet has the eternal September problem, if you're familiar with that old term. It's from the 90s. Uh, basically, the, the internet is filled with noobs. So uh, people who actually are internet natives are waiting. It's sort of like walking down the street in London, England, where you have places to go, but the sidewalk is lousy with tourists who are just meandering about, standing in the way. And that's, that is uh, uh, Twitter right there, where you have people who have things to do, and then you have people who are just in your way. Uh, so the, the, the equivalent of that, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, but so, yeah, looking at this crime data, um, something that kind of jumped out at me, uh, I noticed it and I mentioned it, and you're like, I was reading the exact same thing. The unwanted sexual behavior online, uh, as much as it is a really big problem for women, 10% of heterosexual women in 2020 had unwanted sexual behavior online, 
20% of gay and bisexual men did. So, and the thing is, this idea of the uh, uh, unwanted genital selfie, um, to make a more polite version of the standard term, uh, is kind of expected. And I, this idea of like, do you interpret that as sexual assault or just like the online culture? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a very interesting interpersonal thing. And we've, we've talked about this before because like on some apps, first you send pictures of your genitals and then you say hello. And for some people, they register that as like rude. I don't even know your name. And other people are like, it's rude if you don't do that because this is a hookup app. Why would you do anything other than that? So some of the data is that, but also just like, I don't know, even in, in conversations about like very banal stuff, um, somebody will be like, oh, you're gay. Oh, you want to see my butt? It's like, dude, this is a conversation about, I don't know, light rail transit. Like, what are you doing? This is a, this is a thing. This is a thing. Or straight men who assume that because you're gay, they want to see your bits. And then they send you a picture of their bits because they assume you want to see it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the same thing as, you know, sex in the Acropolis. You know, if, if you're, if you're not there in order to see it, then it is essentially, you know, digital flashing. I don't think yeah. it's a big, I don't think, I think it's a big deal, but I wouldn't report it as a crime. You know what I mean? Like I, I just roll my eyes going like, uh, not again. I, I acknowledge it as being problematic, but unless it were bad, like somebody were harassing me with it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I Com- think we need to, we need to get a sense of scale here. Yeah. Um, a straight man in Canada is uh, five in a hundred have had uh, indecent comments about sex or gender made to them. Mm-hmm. Out of a uh, hundred male friends that you may know, five of them have had this happen to them. Now, when it comes to women, that mm-hmm. jumps up, straight women, that jumps up to 9.8. So mm-hmm. one out of every 10 women that you may know mm-hmm. have had um, inappropriate comments about sex or gender made to them. But then when you get to LGBT people, that jumps to 32%. Yeah. As a group, 32%. Then it fractions out from there. Yeah. For men, it's 18%, which is more than three times what it is for straight men. Mm. And uh, for women, it's about 40%, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. astonishing um, and unbelievably inappropriate. I think with that many people, we have to be thinking of, uh, you know, ourselves have we made inappropriate comments about sexual gender to uh, um, lesbian, bi women out there that we may know, bisexual women in particular, very targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know you were talking about the bigger numbers, yeah. but I think when you compare it to, if we set the bar at straight man, then you really get to see, you know, if five in a hundred is where a straight man is at, yeah. and 40 in a hundred is where... Um, you know, a, a lesbian is that. That's and, something we need to we need to be thinking about. And to be fair to straight that. men, like we're not saying that it doesn't matter that it happens to you. No, five, no, it should be zero in a hundred. Yeah, five really is five be. too many. But hundred you know, percent, yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about relative scale here. Mm. So yeah, these uh, uh and the other thing is that we are looking right now at the data set provided to Statistics Canada by the uh. The, oh, I can't remember what they're called. The collective, all the, the chiefs of police together. They, they, they make an organization. I can't remember what they're called. But yeah, it, it's all of the police data. So this is 
what the police know, like things that have been reported to the police. This isn't even including the general social survey, which hasn't been done since like 1832, <laughs> thanks to Harper. Um, I think I, this may have been actually from the most recent general social survey. Because that was one of the questions in the census. They asked about uh, violent attacks. Oh, right. The mm, Yeah, everybody wants to be a participant in the long run. Canada is the only country in the world where people beg the government for the long form of the census. I want to do the long form of the census. I was most disappointed when I only got asked three questions. It's like I carved out an afternoon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Canadians, what I mean? Canadians are damp for science. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have come to the end of our run today. Um, essentially, um, behave online. Uh-huh. I mean, I, d- I don't want to end it on that note, but when we start looking at the sheer volume of people mm. where inappropriate comments are being made, um, yeah, behave. That's, that's where I'm, that's where I landed. And actually to link the two topics together, both for online sexual uh, like digital assault and also um uh with the identity theft always bear in the back of your mind the question is this any of your business mm-hmm. so if anybody asks you a question the answer i don't know if this is your business or not like that is how you protect yourself that's how you you, you say to yourself i don't think like you're the bank you should know my my data you tell me <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you my birthday if you can tell me my social. Like it, it's, yeah. So I you, got I got a call from um I got a call from the CRA and I was immediately suspicious. And oh, they yeah. were like, "You owe your uh, student loan." I'm like, "No, I don't." Yeah, it, yeah. I I finished it. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, "We've been contacting you." I'm like, "No, you haven't. No, you have the wrong yeah. address as it happens." And I think it was like five dollars or something, and it just. <laughs> It was just sitting there, but I don't know. I feel sorry for the people that have to f- dial out from the CRA because uh, my immediate reaction is, hi, are you fraud? Um, yeah. And, uh, let's go from there. I will say this, though. Years ago, uh, somebody called me up trying to defraud me of something, and they said, okay, you know, what's your address? What's your... When they got to, what is your job? At the time, I was working as a contractor for the police. And when I said, I am a contractor working for the police instant hang up <laughs> so if ever anybody asks you what your job is and you, you don't know uh you suspect they might be fraud just say you you are a contractor working with uh, uh fraud investigations or with the police or with something like that and if they instantly hang up and like yep, there it is okay well we are jumping to our last song of the day which is long way by caitlin goulet um do not impersonate the police um <laughs> gentle reminder <laughs> Uh, we draw the line at the law, I'm going uh-huh. to say. Uh, this is Long Way by Caitlin Goulet. I've been Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And thank you for listening.